Welcome to this week's episode of Tuesday Tips with Rider Realty. Today I'm here with Esther Ryder and we're going to be giving you all kinds of seller tips from the start of the process to the end of it. So let's start with one day you're sitting in your living room with your husband and you say, you know what, we're outgrowing this house. I want to sell it. And you have no idea where to start. Estelle, what's your opinion of the first thing to do? The first thing that you want to do is find a good realtor. And it's always funny to me how people do that. So I shouldn't say how people do it. Like a lot of times I've seen it posted on Facebook and they ask about a realtor. And I see these because sometimes I get tagged in them. And so I will go through every single response somebody puts when they tag somebody kind of more for entertainment than anything. because. They're tagging people and I'm like, oh, that person's not good. That person's never sold a house before like that, you know, and it's just kind of funny. But the opinions are, oh, this person's great. I worked with them or, oh, this person goes to my church or this person's my aunt. And the way they recommend them is kind of interesting because you know that it's with a good heart, but they may or may not know if the person's actually a good agent. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, I've been in situations where I've been interviewed with several different people. If it's the family realtor, so to speak, where um, like with you guys, I sold your in-laws a house and I sold you guys a house. Mm -hmm. One of our other agents, her mom actually calls me, had called me their family realtor because I sold three of her all three of her kids a connection to their home. And so that's a good place to start as well. But just make sure that you start by finding a good realtor. So what are some things that you think uh, you should ask your realtor when you're sitting down doing that interview? Make sure that they know your area. I've been doing this for 15 years and I branched out to a two county area more than other agents were at the time. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the counties were connected and I live a mile away from the, the county line. Mm-hmm. We had family, we had friends in both both areas. So I knew the areas. The last couple of years, it seems like agents are branching out to areas where they have never been and, you know, where mm-hmm. they even can't pronounce the name of the town or whatever. You can just tell. Right. And so you want to make sure that they know your area. I think some other good things to ask, of course, is their commission and mm-hmm. how that's structured and stuff. But that shouldn't be the defining factor of who's cheaper because... It's just you want more than just that in an agent. And you should also consider things like how they handle if you get multiple offers. Ask them how they handle if the house isn't selling, what they do to make it sell. And then my other thought is that you want someone that is going to be like responsive to you and then ask if they're on a team or if they're an individual. I think that makes a big difference for it Right, because then you know what you're going to get. So if you use an individual agent, you are going to be dealing with that person the entire time. Mm -hmm. What I see from teams and what I've heard from, you know, different clients and what I've experienced working with teams when I'm selling one of their homes is that you get passed off. Mm -hmm. And so... We had one not long ago in our office where a small minor thing needed to be done and the seller was willing to do it. But the problem was that she wanted to talk to her agent that he hired. He's on it. He is the main team guy and would not talk to her. He would only let her assistant do it because he was past that step. Mm -hmm. And what should have been a five minute phone call was like seven days and it delayed the closing. And so just make sure, and you might be fine with that. That's not an abnormal thing. Mm -hmm. If you're dealing with a team, just make sure you understand what that looks like Mm -hmm. and who, how many people 
you're going to be dealing with and make sure you're okay with that. And if you are fine, if that, if you're somebody who wants to talk to that main realtor, like this lady was who had never sold a home before, then just keep that in mind too. Yeah, absolutely. So then your next little hoop to go through when selling your house would be like getting it show ready and decluttering, cleaning, scrubbing your carpets. What are some other good tips for getting your house show ready? Well, the first thing I would do is say you need to talk to your realtor that you do pick and have them go through the house and decide what you're going to do. And I started doing that years ago because I was going through too many houses where they were worrying about stuff that nobody cared about and not doing things that people didn't care about. Right. Absolutely. So they were so worried about, you know, it being perfectly clean and all the dust off of the baseboards, which is all great, but they were, you know, spending money doing that rather than changing out the hardware on their kitchen cabinets that was really outdated Mm -hmm. or they were very, very you know, OCD and worried about everything and put more money in the house than they needed to or vice versa, where they couldn't see some things that needed to be done. And you have to, you know, let them know that even though that's certainly not an easy conversation. Right. Right. So I would do what they say to do, but, you know, definitely declutter. I have a seller right now who rented a storage unit and a dumpster. You know, if that's what you need to do, then you can do that. But Really, really make it clean for sure because people want to see want to see that. Yes. And then, so your house is on the market. You guys have some showings. Some other tips for like when those showings are booked is like make sure your house is deodorized, yeah. clean your litter box out, take your trash out before a showing. Right. I think those are like easy tips to just like hurry up, pack up and leave. Do you have any other quick tips real quick? Yeah. If it's near dinner time, then make sure the dishes are put away. Yeah. If you, you know, want people to take their shoes off when they're showing your house, make sure your floors are clean. I remember showing a house probably, oh geez, I bet it was probably eight years ago and they wanted us to take our, our shoes off and the entire floor was super sticky and it was gross. Like I just wanted to go home and throw my socks away. Because they were like sticking to the floor and I wasn't going to say a word. And my buyer's like, are your socks sticking? I mean, it was really noticeable. She goes, are your socks sticking too? So just make sure that what you're asking for matches what you're giving. Because if you want people to take their socks off, but then you have a dirty, sticky floor, they're going to notice that. And literally, I do not remember anything about that house except for what street it was on and the sticky floors. And they did not buy it. So make sure that, you know, you take care of that. Make sure that you leave lights on. A house looks so yes. much homier when the lights are on, especially in the winter when it's dark. Mm-hmm. And open curtains. Mm-hmm. To let the light in if it's in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to, you know, get a key in the lockbox when you're at night trying to get that in. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that if you're an agent showing one house at 6 o'clock, sure, you can go in early and turn the lights off. But if you've got back-to-back showings, either with different clients or the same client, you're not going to have that chance to turn the lights on. Mm -hmm. So yes, open the curtains, turn the lights on. Another tip before you're leaving for showings, please wipe down your sink and make sure that your toilet lids are all closed. Yes. And shower curtains shut. And shower curtains shut. (laughs) Yes. It just makes the bathroom, you know, look a lot nicer and, and cleaner. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So you had your showings, you have an offer. What is the next thing to expect, Essa? Listen to your agent. Yes. <laughs> That's if you have an agent that you feel like you can trust, 
which is why you should choose them, mm-hmm. then you should really take their advice to heart. So if they are telling you, you know, hey, we need to make sure that your dishes are done before your showing, so then do the dishes. Or make sure, you know, if they say, hey, we have tried this price and we need to talk about reducing it, then you need to keep that in mind. Or whatever it might be that they that they suggest or recommend. So I would just say, make sure that, I mean, they're professionals. This is what they do for a living. So if you feel confident enough in their abilities to hire them, then you need to feel confident enough to trust their opinion. And too many sellers don't always do that. Absolutely. But now you have the offer and you're going over it with your agent is what you were saying. And that's where it's more of what you and your agent want to decide. I mean, without us seeing the offer or knowing the circumstances or it being, obviously there's no, there's, this is a fake client here we're talking about. It's really hard for us to offer that exactly what to do. Other than I would say price is not always the most important thing. It's not just the cash. So let's say that maybe somebody is going to give you more possession time and you need that to move into your next house. That could be more important. Maybe somebody can close quickly and you need to close quickly. Or maybe somebody needs to wants to close at a later date and that's what you need for your situation. Mm -hmm. So I would say look at all pieces of the puzzle and not just the price when you're going over an offer. Closing costs are in there too. Maybe Mm -hmm. someone is willing to pay closing costs and somebody's not and that could save you guys a little bit of money or things like that should be considered. Yep. So the offer is done and signed. Your next step is going to be inspector will come in, do their inspection. Your buyer may or may not ask for repairs. Mm -hmm. You can discuss that with your agent. And then the appraiser is going to come in. What should somebody expect when the appraiser comes? Unlike the inspections, the appraiser is not in there for, you know, an inspection might be there. It might be a couple hours. An appraisal Mm -hmm. might be 15 minutes. So it's really not what to expect. It's just waiting to see what they mm-hmm. come back with. I guess as far as expectation, just know that instead of being, you know, you don't, it's a much shorter time frame for as far as time they're actually at your house. Yes. But it's probably going to be a couple of weeks before you hear back from start to finish on that appraisal value. I think people get stressed about that part a lot. And they're always like, when are we going to know? When are we going to know? But it will take a couple of weeks. Usually. Well, it depends who your lender is. It might only be a mm-hmm. week. It depends what time frame they give. But yeah, once you have your appraisal, then, or once it's done, then, you know, you just wait to hear back and, yep. and see what happens from there. And then it's just waiting and waiting and waiting until closing day. Mm-hmm. So then closing day comes around. What does that look like, Esta? Well, we're in Ohio, so we're doing this Ohio way. Um, for us, we schedule or the title company will schedule the seller and buyer separately to close. Now, mm-hmm. when we bought our first house in 2001, also in Ohio, but a different county, um, they did round table closing. So we were all together, or literally around a table. Mm-hmm. And I saw that some in the one county I was working in Stark County when I first started more, but now it's more individual. So you schedule it with what works for your schedule. I think the main thing is I like to work with a title company who has flexibility. I don't want my seller or buyer to have to take vacation days because their title company will only work from nine to five Mm -hmm. and you have to come to them Mm -hmm. because that's not how our world world is necessarily set up. You know, someone might 
have to literally take a vacation day to do that or yes. might need to can't do that time for whatever reason. Maybe they're a night sleeper from a, a night shift or a long haul driver or something. Mm-hmm. So there has to be flexibility. In my opinion, that's what I want my sellers and buyers to have. But really, the seller has the easiest part because they signed, for at least in our area of Ohio, because they signed very few documents compared to a buyer who might be getting a loan. The main thing I always tell my sellers is make sure that you let the title company know if you want um, to have your money wired or you're going to pick up your check or they can mail it. Make sure that you your utilities, you do a transfer and not a shut off for the next buyer. And make sure you do not cancel your homeowner's insurance until you know it has filed. So if they, you know, sign on a Friday, it might not file until Monday and homeowner's insurance is not that expensive. I just tell them just keep it until, you know, it's technically filed. Yes. Because if something happened to the house between Friday and Monday, the seller is responsible for it. And the other thing to remember too, is that um, for the seller, if it's, an investment property or you haven't lived there very long or you're flipping it or whatever, then there's, there could be tax scenarios to that. So I always tell them, Hey, you know, you might want to consult your accountant so you can be prepared for that and just know what to expect. So that could be the other seller piece based on their scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, If they have questions about that, they'd want to ask their realtor or their accountant for if that would be an issue for them. Okay. So then we're at closing day. You just yeah. hand over the keys, say goodbye to your house, and that's a wrap on that. So yeah. easier said than done, right? Well, and sometimes <laughs> they're not moving out right after closing, you yes, know, or even if true. they are, you know, what is your house supposed to look like when you leave? Well, make sure that, and again, it's going to depend on area and contract, but that you have it not, let's just leave it at you have it not junky. I mean, mm-hmm. it should be clean when you leave. And your personal stuff taken off of the property. Right. But again, that would be between you and your agent and what your contract says. And then at that time you're closed, you're on to your next scenario or house or whatever you're choosing. You would have your check and you can just remember the happy memories that you had in that house or remember what it meant to you or maybe didn't mean to you if it wasn't an emotional thing and move Mm -hmm. on to your next property. Yeah. So as we're sitting here talking, I was kind of thinking of some other things. I was like, oh, here's another good seller tip and here's another good seller tip. So let's just do like a little general of the ping pong table of random thoughts and stuff. So pets, we didn't talk about taking pets away for showings. Take your pets with you. Don't leave dogs. You can't trust a dog with a stranger in their house. They're protective and definitely take them out of the house. If you have cats, at least let the buyers that are coming know. Don't let your cats out if they're not outside cats. Oh, I'm always so worried about that. Yes. Letting someone's pet out. I'm just, yes. you know, trying to be really careful at the door because I know that pet is important to somebody and I don't want to be the person yes. who lets it out. Yeah. It's stressful as a real estate agent to make sure you know where the cats are. But so if you can take them, take them. But some people can't take their cats. So mm-hmm. just prepare the buyers for that. And um, another thing too that is important in Ohio is that if it's bad snowy weather or mm-hmm. icy weather, then you need to make sure that you have your driveway cleared, whether yes. that's like salt for if it's just ice or shoveled snow, if it's snow. That yeah. also goes for your sidewalks and a deck because trust me, you don't want somebody to fall and get hurt on your property. Oh, yeah. So yeah. definitely that's a good point. I okay. think we 
filled you in with lots of good tips for today. If you're thinking about selling your home, of course, give us a call. We'd be happy to help. We're here for you guys. So just let us know. And thank you again for coming to this week's episode. Like, subscribe, share, and we're wishing you a good week. Bye. So if you're thinking about selling, feel free to reach out to us. You can visit our website. You can email us, message us here on our Facebook page. And we serve Stark, Wayne, Medina, Columbiana, Holmes, Tuscaroras, Portage, Carroll, Summit, and Mahoning County. So we have an agent that can help you with that transaction.